How is everybody doing? How's everybody doing? This is your host, Andrew Cooperwriter, here for the Andrew Cooperwriter Show. Thank you guys so much uh, for joining us today. Obviously, it'll be a very exciting podcast. I can, I can hear it now. Oh, the left is so upset. They're heartbroken that the Constitution exists and that we have courts that will enforce it. I know why they're heartbroken. I know why they're upset. And of course, you know we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about what it means to Kentucky. Additionally, as well, we're going to talk today. Uh, we've got some updates on, on, on a race I started reporting on, I think, six weeks ago. Um, there was a, a lawsuit filed in a Campbell County commissioner's race. I got an update for you on that update for you on the recounts uh, uh, efforts there by Bridget um, Ellie and you know, what the secretary of state is saying. And of course, of course, we'll talk about the Supreme court, what it means to Kentucky, where the real fight begins and we will take it from there. But first guys, please, 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 as always, as always, we want you to be uh, out here uh, liking, comment, share, support us. Hit the share button. If you're listening on the Facebook, hit share right now. If you're listening on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, leave a review. As always, guys, if you're watching this as a replay on maybe YouTube or Facebook and you don't want to leave it open, you can catch this on all major podcasting platforms. Every Tuesday morning, the episodes go live. And of course, every Tuesday afternoon, the video goes live uh, all um, on, on all platforms there. And additionally as well, remember to be texting the word Liberty the word Liberty to 33777. Text the word Liberty to 33777. Join the thousands of people who are um, excitedly getting updates from us about things like events um, and other important news. And of course, uh, going into legislative session, activism alerts to let you know some bills to push on or not to push on. Thank you guys so much for Joining us. So starting off here, we got the Painter v. Fisher um, update. Painter v. Fisher update. So what, what's going on there? Well, to remind you guys, um, this was an election that was going on for uh, county commissioner up there in Campbell County between the incumbent, uh, Brian Painter, and the current vice chair of Campbell County Republican Party, Dave Vid. Fisher and what the lawsuits around. So, so to understand this, you know, um, Fisher lost to Painter by 106 votes. And the claim was, is that um, Painter was illegal breaking campaign law when he was campaigning at a poll worker training. So there's a poll worker training going on around 250 poll workers were at it for the Campbell County election there. And uh, Painter showed up and he was handing out campaign materials there at the county clerk's office and campaigning about it. The Republican Party of Campbell County filed a complaint there at the, at the, with the county clerk about it. And the county clerk said, well, that's how we've always done it. Nothing to worry about, but it is in fact illegal. And so when, um, when Painter won by those 106 votes, Fisher filed suit. Judge has ruled in Fisher's favor. And so now in November, 
Uh, David Fisher will be on the ballot as the Republican, and Painter will not. They've ruled that Painter lost the primary. So we do have an update there. That's very important because he was breaking election law. That's simply put. Uh, that many of votes, the way he was doing it, we all know poll workers vote. They vote heavy. And he was breaking the law. And that that breakage did create uh, fall within the margin of error. And so the judge ruled in the favor of Fisher. So Fisher will be on the ballot. And that's important to understand because that election was very, very close. Now we have, though, um, in Bridget Ellie's recount, we have some news. Bridget Ellie, of course, running, ran, sorry, against David Osborne, lost um, about 35-ish to 65-ish, 30-70 about-ish, and um, was asking for a recount, not because she thinks it would change the outcome of the election, but more so because as a candidate, you are allowed to request a recount, and she wanted to, uh, quote-unquote, check the tech, Ch check the tech. And this has made... Um, David Adams are, are David Adams, <laughs> Michael Adams, sorry, Michael Adams, very upset. Um, here on, on June 21st, he made a post there on Facebook that said, I'm pleased that a second judge has said he will dismiss a superior recount demand. This one from a candidate who lost 68% to 32%. These bad faith lawsuits have been brought by allies of a state legislator. He's talking about Adrian Southworth there, who seeks to undermine our system of government from within. Our county clerks, county attorneys, and first off, seeks to undermine our system of government from within. So that's an interesting claim that he's making because he's saying that a candidate asking for a recount, though you may think, I, I you know... I don't think it changes the outcome of the, the election, you know, and neither does Brigidelli. And that's not even what they're saying. They're saying they just want to check the machines and the candidates have a right to do that. Um, I, I can see the argument, though, that it's frivolous. I do. I understand that if you're thinking it will change the outcome, but that's not once again, that's not what they're thinking. The, the Ellie camp is thinking, hey, we want to see how accurate these vote counting machines are for people in the future. Moving on, though, and, and and undermine our system of government from within. Asking for recounts apparently now is undermining our government. I, I got to say, Secretary of State Michael Adams, that sounds a lot like a Democrat talking point. Um, and anytime you find yourself saying the same things as Democrats, especially on an issue that's as important to the Republican um, voters as election integrity, you are on the wrong side of that issue to have continued success in politics. Anyways. I continue on with his statement. Our county clerks, county attorneys, and sheriffs have called for her, called her out for spewing misinformation about our election process. Fortunately, our legislators get it too. She's been completely ineffectual in the General Assembly and pushing her pet conspiracy theories. I'm pleased that to date she's not getting traction in the courts either. So what is he talking about? Well, Bridget Ellie had filed this lawsuit and the judge said, well, to consider the lawsuit, you need to put up a bond of $21,000. So Bridget uh, was able to post said bond and they began to move uh, the election machines, vote counting machines and the vote totals um, off into a secure facility. So they started moving them to prepare for the recount. Well, the Secretary of State, Michael Adams, has come in now and asked this judge to dismiss the case and said, can you please dismiss... Um, this case. And 
based upon the hearings and stuff, waiting for the official ruling there. But they've not only come in and said, look, you need to dismiss this case. They've also said, also, we want to keep her $21,000 bond. We believe we should be paid that bond because we began to move the machines and that has caused costs to the taxpayer. So they're saying that she posted a bond, followed your orders, and we began the recount process. But now we want you to stop the recount process. And oh, by the way, um, even though she hasn't gotten what she asked for, we want to keep her money that she put up because of the costs that have incurred as we were following your process. Um, that's pretty wrong. That's, that's a big issue. And I tell you what, if you elect that judge, if you're in that area where that judge is, and you see this ruling get handed down where a judge says, you know, we're going to, um, I, I don't know which courts it's in though. I'm going to assume it's an elected judge. Um, and they say, look, we're going to stop this recount and we're going to keep her money for the movement of the machines. That's ridiculous. That is, frankly, that is crazy. And they're clearly only doing that to, to um, chill any other candidate from possibly questioning their election and possibly ever asking for a recount unless it's within an approved margin. That's what they're attempting to do. And I think it's pretty wrong. I say, look, she posted the money, let her have her recount. Why are you taking it so offensively? And also the way he's reacting is raising a lot of eyebrows. People that um, I think are generally level-headed people, people that don't necessarily, um, election integrity is in the top of the matters for them, um, which, you know, it's for some people it's not. And it's, so it's not the top of the heat, but even they're looking at how Adams is responding, looking at what the courts are doing and saying, look, you know, is there some there there or something? Why are they so concerned about it? Why are they so offended by it? Why can't they do it? Is there something going on? A reasonable thing to say when you're seeing the reactions uh, that you're seeing here from Adam. So we've got some Supreme Court decisions. We're going to talk about what they mean and what they what how they affect Kentucky. We've had several important Supreme Court decisions so far. Sorry, Ugh. Supreme Court decisions so far. We've got an important school choice decision, an important um, prayer um, regarding a case regarding a, a football coach praying at the fifty yard line. Um, we've got an important Supreme Court decision on the Second Amendment, and of course. Something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So let's talk about how each of these affect Kentucky. Let's talk about Supreme Court school choice uh, decision. So the Supreme Court um, school choice decision um, was about uh, was about Christian schools. So here's, here's a Christian school. Um, was about these Christian schools. And basically some states, not Kentucky, um, has a voucher system. And, and what they do is, is that the money completely follows the child. So let's say um, your state spends, uh, I think, 4300 a student is Kentucky's keys, uh, um, seek fund uh, per student. It's about 4300 So from the state, $4,300 a year gets paid out. So what would happen with this voucher system is generally that money Sometimes some local money like property taxes, hardly ever any federal money though, will follow a kid when a kid goes to a private school. 
Um, and so typically, though, you've been unable to go to provocial schools. You've actually, but you were forbidden to. So you've got this money, you've got this uh, a pot of money of, let's say you're getting, I don't know, $6,000 a year to take your kid wherever you want, or you can take them to a public school. And so you're deciding, well, I'm going to take them to a Christian school that maybe charges uh, $8,000 a year, $9,000 a year in tuition, and I'm going to put up the six, and then I'm going to make up the difference and pay the three. Well, in many states, that's not allowed. You can't take your quote-unquote tax dollars and go spend them at a Christian school. However, in this Supreme Court ruling, they have ruled that if you have a voucher-type system for schooling, they have to allow provocial religious schools to take the vouchers. So the money has to be able to follow the kid to um, private schools, even if they are religious. Now, honestly, that provides that's a, that provides an amazing path, I think, um, for a way that we can actually have a school system that isn't so incredibly political, where you're able to take your children to the school that represents your values the most. If you're a crazy leftist, uh, you can take your your child to uh, a rainbow school where every single one of the teachers are transgender and will not hesitate to tell your five-year-olds about their sex lives. So I, I still think that should probably be illegal because that sounds a lot like abuse. But anyways, um, but if you are a conservative Christian parent, you want to take your kids to a conservative Christian school, you now have the choice to do that. The one was always allowed because they don't formally recognize that as a religion. We all know it's a religion though, but they don't formally recognize crazy leftism as a religion, but they do recognize Christianity, of course, as a religion. So one was allowed, but the other was forbade using those funds. And I think this is important too, as we talk about Supreme Court's ruling on prayer. So uh, this, this week as well, we had a release decision on a Supreme Court case involving a teacher um, who was praying on the 50-yard line after games. And he would, it was optional. He would go to the 50-yard line, he would pray at the end of the game, and any students could come out with him and pray with him too as well. And he was fired for doing this. And so he sued saying, look, you're violating my First Amendment. Now, what exactly... Um, how does this, both those are kind of caught together um, in this idea of separation of church and state and, and what does it exactly uh, mean um, when they talk about it? Um, and one thing to note is that the, the idea of that we need a separation of church and state is actually paraphrased from Thomas Jefferson and used by others in expressing the understanding uh, they're trying to understand the intent and function of the Establishment Clause and Free Exercise Clause of the First Amendment. So when they're talking about separation of church and state, that doesn't actually fall within the Constitution. It's nowhere in there, okay? What is in there is it talks about how there shall be no national state religion and, and you know, we can't be essentially a theocracy. This is what they mean. Um the, the intent was not that religion wouldn't exist, and the intent was not that religious practices like praying couldn't take place at government functions. In fact, obviously, um, we have in God we trust on our money, and we and, and, and the founders talked about God and, and Judeo-Christian values quite a bit. Many of our values come from the Bible. We were talking about 
the other day we were talking about trial by jury with somebody. I was talking to somebody about that. And I said, you know, every single amendment, the first 10, other than um, the 10th, can generally be found in the Bible somewhere. So such as a, a, um, a, a trial by jury, you know, the Bible says he without sin casts the first stone, but then it also says that, and, and I'm going to paraphrase here because I'm, I'm no pastor. I'm paraphrasing. It also says that, um, are you not, basically, are you not able to, are you not wise enough to come together as a group and cast judgment? And basically what it was saying is, is are you guys not smart enough? There's this line in the Bible they talk about. You can come together as a group and be able to determine right and wrong. Um, and and was kind of laying the basis of the ideas that you would have a trial by a jury that one person shouldn't be judgment, but the 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 group as together could come together and obviously understand whether or not somebody's guilty or not. And so that is biblical. And so, you know, a lot of these things are backed up by the Bible. So clearly our founders were not saying that religion can't take place in our government. They pray before every single uh, opening session. Um, they do have a mix of religion. So, so what does the First Amendment say? What is the relationship our founders looked at with, with government and religion? And it was simply this, that there would be no um, religion you know, uh, um, country religion established by the government and that was enforced. So basically um, the government would not come in and say, we are completely a 100% a Christian government. And if you don't celebrate Christianity, you're not treated the same. You're not held to the, you, you, you get different laws or, um, you know, we're basically going to put a gun to your head and say, you have to practice Christianity. Um, and, 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 and that makes a lot of sense when you think of what they were getting away from. Cause over in Europe, you had the popes, uh, you had the Pope and, and you had this general theocracy going on within, you know, these, these, um, kings and queens that were ordained by God. And, you know, you were forced. And if you weren't a Christian, um, they would, you know, uh, persecute you, uh, persecute you for religion and everything else. So they weren't saying you couldn't be religious and in government. They're not saying you couldn't be religious. They're not even saying you're not allowed to pray on government property. They're clearly weren't thinking that, oh, if, if, you're choosing, if you're able to choose where you get your, your services from, you can choose a Christian organization. What they were saying is simply this, is that government cannot put a gun to your head and make you go to church. That's what they were trying to get to. Separation of church and state, like I said, it doesn't appear in the Constitution. They're just simply saying you have to all be treated equal under the law, regardless of what your religion is, and that the, the country shall not have a, a, a national religion that you're forced to attend to. And so absolutely, a, as, as this guy prays in the middle of the 50-yard line afterwards, if somebody want to go out and do a Muslim prayer, they're, they're able to do that. In fact, the General Assembly uh, here in this state, like I said, they pray before the start of every day on the floor there, they have a mix of people. They have rabbis come out and pray. They have pastors come out and play. I'm sure they've had a, a, a um, Muslim, is Islamic religion fun? Muslim religion fun? I don't know what the, you know, obviously Christians are Christians, Jews are Jews. I guess I'd be Muslims. It's, it's one of those weird things where is it a nationality or not? But, you know, I, I'm sure they've had, um, people of the, the, the Muslim faith 
come out and make prayers and things like that at that event. I've been to prayer vigils where all three of those people were um, allowed to go. It was still called a prayer vigil, right? And so you don't have to have those people out there. But the point is, is that the, you can opt in or out of the prayer and you don't have to take a gun to your head forcing you to do it. That is the entire point of it. So these rulings in conjunction make a lot of sense that they're saying you can't get religion. You can't say a person can't have a religion if they're on government property or in government or anything like that. All you're saying is they can't force their religion on you from a governmental standpoint. And of course, they're very upset about this. But it also recognizes, that, I mean, the rulings don't, but, it, you know, we recognize the actual way that things are on the ground when we start recognizing that leftism is also a religion. It's a religion to them. They have their own gods and prophets and belief system and everything else. And really, it's a viewpoint. And they were able to push their viewpoint on us. Like I said, we had Pride Week. Your tax dollars get spent uh, putting rainbow flags up everywhere, painting streets rainbow, putting on parades for the homosexual community. And one could say that that is the government subsidizing a religion, at least an anti-religion, because there's religious practices and people that are against that. And so you could definitely say that. And so they're simply saying, look, if you're not being forced into it, any you can express your religion. You just can't force others to do it. We've also had an interesting um, week there on the Second Amendment. Um, a nice, interesting case here uh, regarding the Second Amendment um, and what has gone on there is that the courts were making a ruling on uh, New York's um, concealed carry law. They have a um, may issue law, not a shall issue law. And then basically they said all may issue laws um, are struck down. It is all shall issue. And what they mean by that is this. In New York, um, maybe you had to go get licensing and background checks and things like that. But then you had to go to probably your local sheriff's office and put in a request. And you had to justify to the government why you needed a gun, just personally justify. So, so you, you check mark off a, a um, concrete list of items. I went to the training, I did the background check, I did this, I did that. Check mark, good. But, but you now have to say, now I've done all this paperwork, but the reason why you should grant me a gun is XYZ issues. And if you, the person who is listening to you, didn't think that your reasoning led to the necessity for you to carry around a firearm, uh, they would not grant said license. And what the Supreme Court held is, look, that's, that's unconstitutional. You can't do that. You know, yes, you can have reasonable restrictions on the Second Amendment, reasonable restrictions, but they have to be equally applied. So, you know, some states require a concealed carry class and a background check to get your CCDW. And, and so they can do a lot of things. Now, what I foresee happening in is this case in New York City, at least, um, they're going to create a list of standards that is so incredibly chilling to the Second Amendment that it makes it almost impossible to get it. So basically, they can create a list of standards that are concrete and set and anybody can go. But it'll be, it'll be you know, you got to do... Um, maybe a hundred hours of licensing work and you got to pay a $5,000 bond and you got to carry this insurance and you got to do this and that and like have a whole list of 10 items you need to accomplish in order to be able to carry a firearm. The question is, is will the Supreme Court then come in and say, look, that's an unreasonable chilling of the second amendment. You can't do that either. 
um, that has been what they've held priorly. And so, like I said, the question becomes, because you have a right to self-defense. So the reason why they're able to put these heavy restrictions on, and they're actually tax stamps too, on you know things like automatic weapons and, and as such, is because generally speaking, the, the thought process has been is that your right to self-defense um, includes, you know, a, a standard operating handguns, rifles, things like that, but you don't need access to an automatic rifle to defend yourself. That's the thought process, but we'll see how that gets challenged as things go on. But more importantly though, is they've held this ruling that now all these may issue now have to issue a license based on a, a set standard. Um, and that's a very uh, important, significant ruling. And it definitely continues to protect the second amendment. However, um, that has not stopped our wonderful Congress led by, I'm sorry, our wonderful Senate and Congress led by our own um, Senator Mitch McConnell from passing red flag gun law legislation. And what is this? Well, this is simply thought crime. So anybody who's listened, uh, listened 1984, read it or seen the movie, you know that there, he talks about how the, things aren't necessarily illegal, but if you do them, say them or think them, uh, there's repercussions for those actions. And so you're not accused of a crime. You just think the wrong way. And in this case, that's what this is. This is a thought crime. You haven't committed a crime, but you've said something or done something that somebody thinks is the improper thing for somebody to do. And now they're going to take away your rifles and your guns and deprive you of your God-given right to self-defense. And I, and I recently had gotten to a debate with somebody, another Republican about this, and they were okay with red flag gun laws. I think part of it is just because they're trying to um, defend Mitch McConnell a little bit because there's a natural inclination to do so um, from some Republicans, depending on what their positions are. And so, you know, in trying to defend his actions, talking about how, well, you know, maybe it can be real. I said, and here's the whole thing, who defines it, right? The first thing we have to decide is, does a red flag gun law fall into a civil court or does it fall into a criminal court or does it fall into something else? Here's a great example. You're guaranteed a right to a trial by jury for civil court. You're guaranteed to a right to a trial by jury for a criminal court. But there's these other courts, like family court, for an example, you're not guaranteed to write for a trial. Uh, and you, you, a judge just decides. There's no jury in that situation. In family court, there's no juries, right? You don't have a right to a jury trial. Um, and so while it's technically, I guess, a civil matter, it's certainly not criminal. But while it's technically a civil matter, you know, what's, how's it count? How's it show up? Um, and, and so it's kind of same way for red flag gun laws. You're, it's not criminal. You've been accused of a crime. We're still taking your guns away from you, but you haven't been accused of a crime. So it's not criminal. Nobody's alleging damages. So it's not civil. So where does it fall? It would be civil if somebody was, I, I, maybe it's civil if they're trying to make you a, a quote unquote ward of the state. Maybe that's where it would fall under those same courts. But even that, I don't think that has a jury. I could be wrong. So, you know, it's it, one, that's a problem. But after we move past that issue, let's assume you could end up with a jury 
um, to make that decision. You know, bottom line is it doesn't matter. I mean, that's a right guaranteed to you by God. You've not committed a crime to forfeit that right. It's literally just about whether or not now a jury of 12 or seven or however many, you know, sometimes it's seven if it's civil cases, um, sit there and, and say, look, we, we, um, we, uh, we think, or maybe a majority, I mean, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's to get to a majority. Sometimes it has to be unanimous. Right. And so we believe in, in civil cases, uh, it's a little bit different than criminal, but you know, I, however it's categorized changes the threshold. And so who's, it, it wouldn't be hard. You go out to California and I can find 12 people. Let's say it's a 12 jury person jury. Let's say it gets called criminal 12 person jury. It's a 12 person jury. I can find 12 people in California that would more than willing to take your guns away for saying something that really is not that bad. Like in, in an example I gave is, you know, you say, you know, I think the government's pretty incompetent and what they're doing is leading towards uh, revolution. And I think we're going to get to revolution. So let's say you say that they could say, look, that's a thought crime and we're taking your guns away. And that'd be certainly something I think um, a lot of us would have a big issue with. And so it's, it's a very slippery slope, but you know, a lot of people like to think, well, in Kentucky, we're very red. So we don't have to worry about that. Well, hold on. Remember it was our senator who put it in place. And if he really wants these laws in place in Kentucky, um, he will get them in place. He has enough sway to do it. And more importantly, they put in place a funding mechanism. That's how they're going to do this. So, and you know what? Our, our state general assembly, man, they sure are suckers for fundings. If you throw a little bit of funding onto something, they'll 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 lap it up. They're, they'll get greedy with it. You you throw. I mean, I mean, a perfect example of how our general assembly responds to monetary incentives like this would be. You know, I rewind to. Um, I was talking about this earlier this week. I rewind to how we ended up with historical gaming slot machines. So basically, what happened was is all these horse tracks. Um, started putting in these historical gaming machines that are just look like slot machines, but somehow there's they had some legal rationale behind why they weren't actually illegal gaming. And so they start doing it and they have this rationale and then they end up getting challenged in court on it. And it gets appealed all the way up to the state Supreme Court and the state Supreme Court rules against them and says, look, that is not what paramutual gambling is. That's quite clear. You have, you know, a, they had a certain amount of time to remove them and shut them down and everything else. But it had taken like years to get to that point. And during the entire time, they were allowed to still operate. Well, what happened is, is over those years, is that our state legislature, they, those, those slot machines were generating millions upon millions of dollars of revenue uh, for the state. And I hate that word revenue for the state. More money into the state because they're not a business. Revenue on what? Anyways, um, but more money into the state. And they'd gotten hooked on those millions of dollars to the point that when basically Supreme Court ruled against them, the General Assembly jumped in there and legalized the dang thing. And they were, they were forced to. They're backed into a corner. And that's what they did. Because, you know, our General Assembly, now everybody feels differently on gambling. In that specific case, though, 
you know, a lot of people, me included, are inclined to say, no, I'm not going to vote yes because I don't like how you did this. You knew what you're doing was illegal. And what you did is you brought, you, you were doing something illegal to create revenue to get the state hooked on it. So that way you backed them into a corner to force them to okay. And it's, it's an issue. That's, that's a bad way to do that. But regardless, they legalized it. And so this, this General Assembly of Republicans, you throw dangle some money in front of them, they might do something. And, you know, red flag gun laws have gotten hearings in Kentucky. That's right, hearings, committee hearings. So, you know, it's not out of the question um, to say the least. It is certainly not out of the question um, at all. But, but what we end up with um, is now we have to worry about that in Kentucky. And we have to stay very, very uh, vigilant about that. We certainly do. Um, so finally, the, the, big, the big daddy here, uh, of course, um, the abortion decision, um, very, very angry, very upset. A lot of, a lot of angry people, um, on the left about the abortion issue. Um, and, and it's certainly, uh, fascinating to watch. So here in Kentucky, we had a trigger law. So abortions are now not allowed in Kentucky. Um, of course you probably could expect a lawsuit on that, but also there is a amendment and more important than ever on November that will say that there is no right to an abortion in the state of Kentucky. So that way some judges can't come up with some cockamamie ideas that say we are guaranteed to be allowed to have the uh, abortion in there. And of course the decision is because abortion was never in the constitution. It never was. They made it up. I'm sure if you like, let's just all be really, really honest with ourselves. You sit down the founder founders, you look at the piece of paper and says, does this mean we can um, kill a child in a womb? They'd be like, no, no, you're, that's, that's not allowed. If that was allowed, we would have wrote it. So it clearly isn't in there, right? But a lot of people like to say to, to individuals like myself who are very uh, pro-liberty, it's like, how, how is this aligned? You know, you're all big government. This is big government, blah, blah, blah. First off, big government is a federal government creating a right out of whole cloth constitution that doesn't exist and then forcing all the states to flow wrong. That is big government by definition. But on top of that, how does this, how is this not big government? Simple, simple. How does this align with liberty? Simple. Here's the bottom line. I may be small government, but that doesn't mean that I think our government shouldn't stop people from murdering people. And at the end of the day, either you believe that a child in a womb is a life or not. I believe it is. Many people believe it is. And if you can't, and, and, and what's crazy is, is, I was talking to somebody about this last night, is that life begins at conception, people like myself, we are perfectly able to argue all viewpoints and we're pretty well prepared. The problem with a lot of these people is, is that they, they were backed, you're backed into a corner, either have to believe life begins at conception or believe that you should be able to murder a baby two seconds of, well, murder children anytime they're inconvenient, really, because just work through the logic. Next time you're in an argument, just work through the logic. Do you think a person should be allowed to murder a child the second it's born? So that it's been born, it's birth. Can you now stab it and kill it? No, no. Like nobody thinks that, right? And then you say, okay, well, what about uh, if it's a few seconds before? Can you stab and kill the baby? 
Can you reach, reach up in there and kill it? Um, and 99% of people are like, no, no. Okay. So what you've just said is, is you do not believe life starts at birth. You believe that you have rights because that's really what it's about. When do we think rights exist, right? And and look, you know, in, in good-natured society, we do believe in a social contract codified by law that says parents have to take care of their children. That's why you can't just leave your child in the middle of a field somewhere and walk away and be like, ah, I'm done with this and just leave a child in the middle of the field and walk away. That's illegal. It's against the law. So... The minute they say that, no, okay, passing through the birth canal does not mean you now have life. You can't murder a child right before it. And then you say, okay, so what is the difference between that and a child that's a month younger than that in the womb? Two months younger, three months younger. And they start talking and they're like, well, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. And then you hear something like 15 weeks or heartbeat or something like that. And it goes, okay. Sometimes they talk about viability. That's a common thing. They say, well, once it's viable. Well, viability is based upon what our current technology is at the time. And do we really want a legal standard, your rights, when they begin or not, um, whether or not you have rights, to be determined based upon technological standards? No, it should be concrete. It should be based in, in law and facts. It shouldn't be based upon what technology we have at the time. And so when you, somebody says, well, at viability and you bring that up, they're like, yeah, okay, I can see that. And then they go to either heartbeat or 15 weeks or something. Uh, talk about the trimester. What's the difference? So 15 weeks in one day, can you do it then? Well, you know, 15 weeks in two days, 15 weeks in three days. What is the difference? Because the minute you draw the line in the sand somewhere at some point, what you're saying is, even one second beyond that is too far for you. And now you have to tell me why. Now you have to tell me why. And it's very difficult unless you believe life begins at conception. Plain, straight, and simple. So I think it is a, a very small government to believe that we're not going to allow you to murder your child. You can't do it. Okay? Now people want to say, oh, you're taking away choice and everything else. It's like, <laughs> you're not taking away choice. You had the choice of most of the time over whether or not to get pregnant. I understand you got rape and incest and all those things. But 99% of abortions had nothing to do with any of that. They were out of sheer convenience. And so sheer convenience of the matter. And so, you know, it's it says you're not being forced to have birth, forced birth, that's what they call it. Or they they say that abortion is a um is is a type of birth control. It's not. The, the, the control comes when you either don't have sex, have sex with, with uh, proper protection and birth control to make sure that's when that is. Abortion is not birth control. It's also not health care. It's the ending of a life. That's what it is. I mean, me and my wife have been married for a, long, a while, several years, and we've managed to not have a child that entire time. So it's, 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 it's not as if um, during, well... During that time, we haven't had a child. For years, haven't had a child. Why? Because we know how to have protection and birth control and all kinds of other things. This isn't hard. People do this all the time. They talk, well, you're going to end some, some person's life. They'll now be stuck with a child. Is that how you view children? They're the greatest gift we're given. You view them as something that holds you back and holds you down. 
So they're really, really upset. And we see they're upset and we love trolling them and it's hilarious because of course they can't really justify their standpoint. However, what does this decision mean for Kentucky? Well, now we've got a new problem. You want to talk about a real um, dystopian future? You want to talk about a real issue? Well, I, I, I got to tell you here, the dystopian future is here and this is what it is, okay? The dystopian future is here. We have companies um, and they are um, now paying to for their employees to go out of state. So if they live in a state like Kentucky where abortion is now not allowed. These companies are paying for their kids, uh, for their kids, for their people to go out of state, to travel out of state and have them murdered, murder, murder their children. That's dystopian as all get out because this is what's really going on. You have corporate, so all you handsmaids tales people, here's a real handsmaid tales situation for you. Okay, here, here you go. The real dystopia is corporations offering to ship women who work in their companies off to have their children killed so they can be shipped back and continue to just be a cog in their machine instead of deciding it's time to value something different than just working but having a family or something like that. And so they're literally paying for you to murder your children so you can continue to operate for them. All these anti-corporation, anti-business, anti-profit people, it is the most profit-seeking, ugly behavior out of corporations I've ever seen that they're saying, I want you to put working for us above even having a child to the point that we're going to pay you to murder them. What are we talking about here? But yeah, here's a left. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Oh, I love these giant corporations that are putting profits above any kind of morality. So what can we do to fight? Where's this real fight here in Kentucky? Well, here, let me let me go over some of these companies. Amazon. Amazon has received almost a billion dollars in tax subsidies just last year. Just last year, Amazon. That's your taxpayer dollars going to them, right? Tax subsidies, them not having to pay their taxes at the same rate as us. Or sometimes they get straight up loans and cash. Like I said, see here in Kentucky, you know, almost half a billion went to Ford and a $400 million loan, right? Almost a billion dollars last year went to Amazon taxpayer funds in one way or another. And you can say, well, you know, if it's a tax subsidy, that's just you not taxing them. Okay, yeah, I hear you there. But I'm a free market guy. That means I want an even playing field. If Amazon's getting a tax subsidy, we should get a tax subsidy at my companies. It should be the same, right? Even playing field. See, that's why I think it's perfectly okay for governments to do like what Disney or what Florida did to Disney is perfectly fine because they shouldn't have ever had these special incentives in the first place. I believe in taking them away from everybody in the first place. Because it's not an even playing field. That's the government playing in our free market, creating different profit incentives and different standards for different companies based on how much they pay lobbyists and how many everything else. And it's wrong. It's incredibly wrong. It's against the Republican Party platform too. But besides the point, Amazon received almost a billion dollars in tax subsidies this year. Apple, 1.7 billion. Microsoft, 810 million um, in subsidies it's ever received. Uh, 785 million for Facebook has received in subsidies. Disney has received 2 
billion dollars in subsidies. I say this. I say if you are a state that thinks abortion's wrong, you should stop giving subsidies to companies that are going to ship your unborn out of state. We as Kentucky should stop giving money, subsidies, money. I mean, shit, one of these companies, J.P. Morgan Chase, that is the bank the state uses to hold our assets. Billions of dollars of assets of Kentucky taxpayer money. Kentucky Government Bank. That's, that's the bank the Kentucky government mainly uses. They used to use Farmers Bank, now they use Chase Bank. So billions of dollars of assets, they hold at Chase Bank. And they are shipping unborn Kentuckians out of state to be murdered and then shipping their mothers back. And we're doing business with them. That needs to stop immediately. We have to say, look, we believe abortion is wrong. And we're not going to do business with any company as a state. We're not going to invest in companies. We're not going to offer subsidies to companies. We're not going to do business with you. If you're going to slaughter Kentuckians, that's basic stuff. And mark my words, as I'm saying this, as I'm saying the bank our state government uses is shipping unborn Kentuckians out of state to be slaughtered. J.P. Morgan Chase, Chase Bank is being shipping out unborn Kentuckians. As I say that, I guarantee you, almost can guarantee you, I'm not going to, I almost would put money on it, but who knows? It may work out for a good campaign motion or somebody might start running on this idea and then we might start seeing it move a little bit. We'll see what we can't do to maybe get this idea through. But if we don't push on that, if we don't bring that up, if we don't say to every single one of our legislators, why is the state banking at a bank that is killing unborn Kentuckians? If we don't start saying that, they will keep letting it go on because it's not really about principle to a lot of these people. They use abortion to convince you to vote for them and not the Democrats because they're saying, look, you know, at least I'm not a Democrat. Yeah, I fail you on everything else, but I'm not a Democrat, so vote for me. Well, in primaries, you need to hold them accountable, and this is something they can do. If they really feel strongly about this issue, it needs to happen now. It needs to happen now, and you heard it here first. We shouldn't be banking with Chase Bank anymore as a state. We shouldn't be offering subsidies to any company shipping people out. No tax incentives, no subsidies. We should be yanking any investments we have in these companies at all, period. It needs to happen. Either we stand on principle or we don't. Or we don't. It's time to take a stand on that issue. And the fight's really just beginning. Because the, the abortions, Kentucky abortions won't stop as long as we allow these companies to do these things. Well, that's all I have time for you guys here today. Thank you so much uh, for joining me, listening. Like I said, please share this, like, comment, subscribe. Get it out there as far as you can. I think these are important issues and we need to be hitting them hard. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Don't forget this Friday, July 1st, is our um, Freedom Festival I almost forgot July 1st, our Freedom Festival. Let's um, remember to get out there. Remember to join us. It starts at six, speakers at seven. Don't worry if it rains. We also got an indoors, so it's all good. We'll see you guys on Friday. Thank you so, so 